Oh, don't you don't have to record okay. it. It's not relevant <laughs> enough to. It's relevant. It's not relevant. Oh, it's Gilmore Girls adjacent. Okay, no, it's okay. I was in charge of the game. Me mm-hmm. and my boss. I got to help make up the questions. So mm-hmm. there was a Gilmore Girls question. Oh, was there? And it was um, <laughs> over the course of the entire series. Yeah. How many cups of coffee are they shown drinking? I'm going to say 537. You are alarmingly close. What was it? 503. Holy cow. Yeah. Oh, um, are we ready to do it? Are we yeah, in my dumb sure. stories now? Let's do it. No, I like that story. Okay. <laughs> I might have you do it again during when you talk about coffee con. Um, or I'll edit it and cut it and move it. Okay. Hello, Pop-Tarts, and welcome to Gilmore, the podcast where two grown adult women who know way too much about Gilmore Girls discuss each episode one by one. I'm Rachel. Hi, I'm Lindsay. Uh, we are today at the, wow, we are at the library. <laughs> I, I'm already doing great. We are at our local library. Shout Woo! out to libraries. Um, today we're talking about season one, episode 20, PSI Law. <laughs> I hate the name of this episode. I do too, because it's one of my favorites, and so to say like it's one of your favorites in spoken word is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Writing, fine. But mm-hmm. it's like they wrote it to PSI not be la. spoken. P.S. I love. I have a question for you. Okay. Am I more beautiful today than I was yesterday? Damn it. I was going to ask you the same <laughs> question. And Rachel, I think every time I see you, you are more beautiful oh, than the last time you. I saw Sometimes you. Sometimes I just think it's I have more confidence today. I, and I just didn't have the confidence yesterday to recognize it. Okay. So do you want to start with a recap? Totally. I can. I will try. Okay. okay. Yep. So Max is back, Mm -hmm. like hot and heavy. They are having phone conversations. There's Mm -hmm. really adorable conversations happening. Uh, We come to find out they've been talking for a couple weeks um, pretty regularly. And so Max kind of makes the proposal that we should, that they should uh, actually have dinner and start dating in real person again. Meanwhile, Rory is really struggling with the Dean breakup. So Mm -hmm. she's just kind of emotional. She's really crabby. um, And she's kind of given everyone in her life a hard time um, and kind of being standoffish to everybody. Lane ends up being partnered with Dean as a lab partner. Mm -hmm. And um, she doesn't tell Rory because she wants to protect her and doesn't want to bring up Dean and doesn't want to like mention that she's hanging out with Dean. But then Rory walks in and finds out and then she storms out and then she and Lane end up in a huge fight. Max comes and talks to Rory because Rory seems super distracted at school and he's voices concern and he's like, I know about your breakup. And then so we find out that's how Rory finds out that her mom and Max are back to talking. And so that makes Rory really upset because, and then she gets in a fight with her mom over it. And her mom's like, I was just trying to protect you. And Rory wigs and Uh just loses it and storms away and actually ends up running away and going to the Gilmore's, the elder Gilmore's house. And so obviously Lorelai is a mess, finds out Rory's there. That kind of ends up working out because they just, Rory just needs some space to decompress and think and whatever. And while while Lorelai is freaking out and upset, she confronts Dean, yells at him, comes to find out what actually happened in the breakup. Kind of. Kind of yeah. ish. Um, well, his version. Dean's version. Dean's version of say. what happens in the breakup, but at least some information. Right, at least something. So then she goes to Rory and at um, Emily and Richard's house and has a just a nice conversation with her about relationships and talking about feelings, which I have notes about Mm -hmm. later. Mm -hmm. But so that's kind of how that episode, part of the episode resolves Mm -hmm. the other. And and then she goes home and makes up with Lane Mm -hmm. and it's all nice and cute. So the other 
little kind of B plot that's happening is that it's Rachel's birthday. Mm -hmm. And so Lorelai steps in and decides to help Luke buy a birthday present for Rachel. And there's just kind of some antics and some stuff that happens with that. (laughs) Um, But it's just just makes for like a kind of a lighter, more fun subplot. Yeah. um, In an episode that's kind of tumultuous. Yeah. So. I think that's it. How'd I do? Great. No, like, great. It is a lot. Um, we were talking on the way in today uh, that this episode and especially the next episode, the f- past few, I feel like have amped up with like not just two plots. It's like kind of a lot of things yeah, going on, which again, I parts. think is what makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to start? I want to start with one, two, three, he's yours. Okay. <laughs> I love this game. I know it has potential to be mean, so it kind of depends on the yeah. person you are and your disposition and why you want to play. Yeah. But I totally, like, next time you and I go out somewhere, yes, we have in to public, play this public, we should, yeah. Because it just seems fun. Yeah. Because it's fun to observe people and then to create a game around mm-hmm. people watching. Mm-hmm. I think it's hilarious. You know what would be, like, fun and a fun, like, expansion of the game would be, so you do one, two, three, he's yours, and you look at people and then instead of just saying yes or no you determine what your life or or, or like marriage would be you like with that person like, like a writing prompt like yeah like here's <laughs> here's where we'd live and here's what we do on vacation and here's what oh our kids God. would be like that would be fun oh my gosh i love that you gave an expansion pack yeah. to the game already um <laughs> we are i'm a gamer so. you are a gamer we are gamers um and so and oh my gosh i love that it's kirk and i love I how their oh whole interaction with kirk like even luke gets in on I it know. congratulations man and then he runs away like, I have asthma. That is one of my favorite lines in this. I mean, probably ever when Kirk has the way he says it. I have asthma. <laughs> it's, it's very Napoleon Dynamite. I was literally going to say that. <laughs> it's very Napoleon Dynamite. I yeah, love it. It's so, so good. good. I did a little research on. So we see what I have been calling the first Caesar. Yeah. He's he's an Asian man with glasses. Mm-hmm. And I always thought he was like an unnamed Caesar. So in my like world of Gilmore Girls, I always thought he was a mm-hmm. Caesar. And then what's funny is when you, when Max and Lorelai are on the phone and Max is at Chilton, he's also behind Max in like the teacher's lounge. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'm going to research this guy, find out what his name is he's in real an life. Extra. And so, yeah, there's, it's funny because there has been things written. He has, he is not a Caesar. He was literally an extra throughout the whole series. And he only had two lines in the whole series, one mm-hmm. of which was in the finale, okay. one of which was in seen in the seen in the mall mm-hmm. or seen in a mall. It's super interesting because he like considered himself part of the crew, kind of because he would help with things. Like he went, he would go out and get like silverware he if was, they like, needed this it. Super extra. <laughs> yeah. I love him. I love this man. I think his name. What did I write down? It's Robert Lee something or Robert Morris Lee or something. I can look it up. But anyway, so yeah, I just it was just such a cool thing because I notice him all the time, and I think I noticed him. Oh, yeah, in the totally. Donna Reed episode yeah. as an extra. So it's just funny that he is everywhere, and he even says in the article, he's like, "Yeah, it became a problem where I ended up getting relegated to just Luke's because I would be running around the town, and then all of a sudden, like." I'd be, be serving a, be at work, Luke's. working at Luke's. Yeah. And he said something about, like, he was the only one, like, the only extra actually allowed to, like, walk around Luke's. Every other extra kind of had to, like, stay seated. Stay seated. Yeah. And he was the only one. It was very cute. Well, anyway. But that's how it would be in a restaurant. It'd be super weird if, like, all of the extras right. were just milling about the restaurant. Right. And then, <laughs> but an employee that's not milling about the restaurant, you'd be like, why does that guy work here? Yeah, it was very interesting. He that's even, cool. He even talked in the article a little bit. I won't get into it. Uh, maybe we will when we get to this episode. But he talks about why the, like, why the window comes in. Between oh, the shops. Yeah. Like, it was very interesting. That's cool. 
So now we know who he is. He's not Caesar. He's just man. But there are multiple Caesars. There are at least, there are two that I can think of. Yeah. But I just always included him as one, and he there's, really technically wasn't. There's even a line in uh, You're in the Life that I was watching where um, he, they say, everybody needs a Caesar. And I think it's like a, <laughs> a, a like a kind of a slight joke of the fact that there were multiple Caesars. Yeah, right. It's funny. Um, so anyway, that's been so that's Caesar, Caesar talk. talk. The where, is D, where Dean is when list... Just mm-hmm. makes me really sad for Rory. Oh, She's like hurting yeah. so much that she has to keep track so she doesn't accidentally. I was thinking that is when he walks up during one, two, three, he is yours. It would be very hard in a small town like that to not totally. see him. I mean, oh yeah, you would see you would see your ex boyfriend all the time. Yeah. Okay. So Rory and the breakup. Mm-hmm. Why do Why does she get so? Mad at Lane. Have you seen your face when you mentioned Dean? My face is fine. Your face is not fine. Your face is far from fine. I'll get over it. Well, you're not over it yet. Well, maybe I'd get over it a little quicker if everyone weren't so busy running around trying to protect me from all the bad, scary things in the world. She's so mad at Lane, and then she even gets so mad at Lorelai. Is it just denial of, I don't want to deal with this? Why are you guys mirroring it back to me? I think she's just projecting all of her like internal hurt. She doesn't know how to process it. Lorelai has not given her the tools on how to process hard emotions. Yeah. She's 16, so everything is bigger. And right. those are Rory's safe people, so she oh. doesn't have to contain. And so all of the stuff that she's been working so hard to contain just comes out, and then she's projecting all of her feelings. And so part of it is I can see her being frustrated of like, you should have just told me because then I could have avoided this situation. I wouldn't have had to walk in. This is a problem that could have been solved in one sentence if Lane yeah. would have just been like, hey, I don't want to talk about Dean, but I need you to know this because I know that you're going to be upset if you don't find out, if you find right. out about it later. And I think, yeah, now that you say all that too, I think when she freak, when she leaves Lane's and freaks out, that's like an overspill explosion of all the other emotions that she hasn't been dealing with. Totally. It's not just that moment where she's that mad about Lane not telling her. It's like, oh, I've been trying to avoid dealing with this mm-hmm. and crap, I I literally can't sometimes. And I think she is frustrated that people are like, we don't want to talk to you about it because we're trying to protect you. And it's like, actually, the best way to protect somebody is to talk to them about all the things that are happening. Yeah. Rather than like, we, we don't want to talk about it because we, you know, don't want, we would want to protect you. And I can very much understand how that would be frustrating to worry. But what kind of drives me crazy, not so much at this point in later seasons, and we'll see it, is the fact that, like, Rory is almost formed by the fact that people protect her. and, oh, and that, her life is totally cush. Yeah, and there's some, there's sometimes, like we've said, even with the when she got mad about the birthday party and all that, it's like there are times when, yeah, you should listen to her and, and validate what she's saying, but at the same time, there are seasons later where we see her get angry that things don't go her way. And it's like, well, it didn't go your way because you've been protected your whole life. So yeah, like it's, Rory's used to getting what Rory wants. Right. And so in this, it's just kind of frustrating, again, from the overall perspective to hear her be like, don't protect me. And it's like, yeah, but that's that's how you've been formed. And later you'll get mad when anybody says anything that doesn't. Yeah. Exactly. Like people protected her for too long. Pat you on the back, and it caused problems. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think at this point, it's still, we're still in that. I think at the when we did the very first episode, the pilot episode, where we're talking about what does it look like for Rory to kind of become independent. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of those moments where she's pushing into that of like, can people just stop protecting me and let me? Feel? And if they listened, maybe she would have become a different person. But nobody listens. No. To anybody. No. And then also, again, maybe it's obvious, but when she finally does talk with Lorelai at the end, why doesn't when she says? Rory, tell me what happened with you and Dean. I don't want to talk about it. Just yeah. because that's how she, like, wh- why? I don't understand. Because she doesn't have the tools to talk about anything because her mother is 16. 
I, I guess it just seems, so, again, like on deep watching, it just feels weird because I feel like they talk about everything. They, But they talk about everything, but they don't talk about anything that's like... Um, emotionally hard. They'll have big conversations. I mean, she'll talk about Paris being annoying or whatever, but, but this different. is deep. Yeah, I think that's different because there is, it's, again, like, I've said this over and over, Lorelai has this profound fear of intimacy mm-hmm. that now she is translating to her daughter because yeah. her daughter is experiencing intimacy. She mm-hmm. even, you know, she's experiencing emotional intimacy. She's, you know, making out all of her town. So there's, like, some <laughs> level of physical intimacy. So she is encountering intimacy, yeah. but she doesn't have any of the tools to name it, talk about it, mm-hmm. or even process how she feels about it because her mother doesn't do that at all. Right. And so this is, like, Rory takes on her own flavor of that, but she doesn't. She's not equipped to navigate intimacy, so of course she doesn't want to talk about it. Well, and this is the first time I think too in that conversation we Lorelai admits it. When it comes to love and relationships, I don't necessarily want you to be like me. That was kind of nice because mm-hmm. it is, at least again, like we've said, when we get Lorelai or Luke's perspective on their will they won't they relationship, to hear Lorelai kind of as best she can admit like. Wow, yeah, this is hard for me. And so but and you're reflecting it back and I don't want it to be hard for you because I don't want you to be like me. Yeah, and but I wrote, but does she learn? Lorelai? Yeah. I don't think she no, does. No, I mean I think she's trying. We watch her self-destruct no. in this vein over and over again yeah. throughout the series. It's interesting that it really only have has to do with intimacy around romantic relationships because she's great at navigating difficult conversations and emotional conversations and feelings conversations with um, the women in her life. Mm -hmm. Lorelai and Rory are super close. So I think Mm -hmm. she has a model for that because her, when she struggles with stuff with Lane, she is able to have hard conversations Mm -hmm. about it. Or even Lorelai and Suki to some extent. Lorelai and Suki are able Mm -hmm. to have hard conversations. Rory and Lane are able to have conversation, hard conversations. Lorelai and Rory, Lorelai and Emily sometimes, even though Mm -hmm. Emily's not great at responding and Rory and Emily. So it's really just their romantic relationships that have this, which makes sense because of the level of trauma around romantic relationships Mm -hmm. That, and also the relationships that she has with her dad that is just profoundly unattuning. Yeah, yeah. and so. lack of experience on both of their parts, really, kind yeah. of. I mean, um, okay, so let's talk about Max and Lorelai. Okay. They're talking again. The thing is, okay, so a so couple questions. Do mm-hmm. you think when Max kind of pulls Rory aside at school... You seemed a little distracted today. Oh, I didn't sleep well last night. But you've seemed to be a little distracted for quite a while now. My grades are fine. I'm not concerned about your grades. Do you think he's overstepping? I do not. Okay. Because I think he's living in two worlds, and that's really tricky. And I think he handles it actually pretty well. What sucks is he got put in a really bad situation because Lorelai just isn't talking, doesn't talk about anything. Right. And so, she, like, Rory should never have had to find out about what's going on with um, them, them through, through Max. Max. Yeah. And because Max knows that they talk about everything, mm-hmm. I like it is easy and safe to assume, like, hey, you're – you, you would know that we've been talking, especially if they've been talking as often as they have and kind of like flirtatiously and openly as they right. have. She talks to him openly at work. Yeah. So I can see him not being kind of blindsided by that. Yeah. That was kind of my thought. Like knowing that they haven't talked about it, I was kind of like, ooh, it felt a little bit like when Rory told Tristan about Paris. But mm-hmm. but that's because I have the knowledge of the fact that Lorelai hasn't told Rory. And so not having that knowledge, like you said, Max wouldn't, it does feel, it feels kind. Like I like Max and I like that he's trying, like you said, navigate both 
mm-hmm. both worlds of I know I'm your teacher, but I care about you. And he might even I feel like with he's another really, student. Honestly, he might. Yes. I mean, he wouldn't know why. Like he wouldn't have the insider information from mm-hmm. their mom, but totally. he might be like, "Hey, how are you doing? Are you doing okay?" I don't think he's coming to her as her mom's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I absolutely think he's coming to her yeah. as a as a concerned teacher. Okay, I love the Cat Club. I wrote this. I wrote. I, I wrote Cat, Cat Club. Club, and I wrote a heart next to it. I love the Cat Club. I love the whole even scene and conversation. I love but the concept even, of the Cat Club. I the want cat, those pot holders. I want them. <laughs> Just because they're so funny. That's what I mean. And the yeah. Cat Club. Uh, the Cat Club does come back mm-hmm. in future ep- mm-hmm. in future seasons. Mm-hmm. But Rachel is going to hate this gift. Yeah, and and like and like not even even if they were cool looking potholders, you don't get someone potholders. But we is Luke insane? Is what I wrote down. But we know from later too, which I kind of actually like continuity wise, that Luke isn't great at buying gifts. Oh no, he's horrible at buying gifts. But I like I literally wrote down: Is Luke insane? Like. (laughs) Of, you can get, like, you thought of another gift that is still not a great gift, but it's closer the to something candle. that she would like. Yeah. The elephant candle. Yeah. So um, do you remember, like, at that point in time where, like, shaped candles and fancy candles and carved oh, yeah. candles were everywhere? Not only that, I don't know that I remember shaped as much, but I remember the ones that were a circle. They were like a sphere. And then mm-hmm. as they burned down, they were supposed to glow from the inside, oh. like, in a specific way. I remember, like carved candles so mm. it would be like they would have like twisty shapes and oh like, yes it would look like someone like carved leaves out of them and they were yeah. real fancy i know you're talking about that i thought you meant like a shaped one like no, an they, elephant they, i also remember shaped ones <laughs> i had like fish candles and i had like butterfly candles it was almost like in the in the late 90s early 2000s it's like we rediscovered candles yeah it's like and they're oh like, my gosh we can make shapes out of them now like, we can make them have fancy colors yeah, yeah. and like, smell good my crazy candles in my neon mm-hmm. inflatable furniture <laughs> early translucent 2000s, early 2000s bedroom like was i high like yeah. i wasn't but everybody like, was though that was the thing i was wasn't thing. at all but i also kind of must have been because like i look back and i'm like this room is insane who did this but that's what everybody had i know i mean that was the thing we was, were all high oh my gosh it was so high on translucent plastic yeah maybe it's the plastic fumes that did it to um us. in that scene we get some luke rants I mean, this whole gift giving and getting process is completely insane. The rant begins. Is this a regional thing? You pay a dollar to park? Um, some places you do. Like there's For just a, the mall? Yeah, there's okay. a new shopping center in kind of like closer to the airport here that my friend was like going off about because he was like, I just want to see what stores are even in there oh. and you have to pay to park. Like, because we live in the suburbs and so you don't have to pay. Like, Yeah, downtown, and malls are the place to shop well, or were for a long time, I guess. When I worked at Water Tower in downtown Chicago, parking at Water Tower is insane. Well, and parking in the city is insane. But so that's any, I, mean, I just assume anywhere I'm going to go in the city, I have to pay but like to me so maybe they're uh, yeah at they a mall probably have to go to Hartford to go to the mall so then it's probably yeah. like paid parking yeah I just have never been to a mall where I've had to pay to park is it weird for Lorelai to shop for Rachel I literally wrote down I, I wanted to ask you the question would you be mad if you found out someone else bought your birthday present from your boyfriend yes I would be super mad. I would rather get a crappy present. I was going to say, I'd rather get the potholders. Because at least he did it and, like, didn't maybe put thought in it, but, like, that was from him. Yeah, and it's especially weird that it's Lorelai buying the stuff. It's not like... Oh, yeah. It's not his sister or... Yeah. yeah. Especially because Rachel knows there's something happening Mm -hmm, with them. mm -hmm. Like, if boyfriend came to me and said, hey, I'm trying to get an idea for Rachel. Like, she's a great gift giver, but if he was like, I need a gift for Rachel... Um, do you have any ideas? Like, 
we have been really good friends for a really long time. Oh, yeah. There's and, no tension. And there's yeah. never been any tension between me and boyfriend. Except been, for in my dreams or your dreams. Remember? Dream dream boyfriend? Oh, yeah. That's right. Dream <laughs> boyfriend. So I, I, I had... This was very early on. Very early in their relationship, Pop-Tarts. I had a dream about boyfriend and like I I don't even totally remember what it was he was hitting on you he was and I just remember being like you're with Rachel (laughs) like and being so (laughs) mad about it but again to prove that there's literally no tension ever the first person I told was Rachel I I texted her I was like I had a dream that boyfriend was (laughs) hitting on me (laughs) tell him I'm mad at him or whatever (laughs) and so um it's one thing if you like if Lorelai and Rachel were best friends and there was never anything, it would be a little bit more understandable. Oh, yeah. But the fact that it's this woman that doesn't know Rachel better than Luke does. No. And there's something there. And But it's also like Lorelai interjects herself in everybody's oh, lives yeah. in like overbearing ways all the time. Yeah, which is very Emily of her, which is kind of funny, actually. Totally. Um, yeah, because also I, I wrote down like when... Okay, I do love the whole clothes bit, though. Okay, see this blazer? It was 175,000% off. Why the sudden need to dress me? I just thought you might look nice at some of these things, and since they were 600,000% off... No. I love it. That's part of the reason I love this episode, because she's so chaotic. But how would he explain the clothes to Rachel? He couldn't very well... Like, let's play this out. He couldn't very well say to Rachel... Oh, Lorelai went shopping for your your birthday gift mm-hmm. and ended up getting me all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, how would he say to Rachel, "Where all? Why? Why did Lorelai buy you a full suit, pants, a sweater, well, a belt?" He didn't ask for that. That was he didn't. Lorelai. He didn't. But but Laura Rachel obviously sees that he has all this stuff, mm-hmm. and does she just ignore it, or does he like have to give some kind of explanation of Lorelai was just shopping and she bought me a bunch of clothes? I guess, but I... Like, it's I, all weird. I mean, obviously. I am going to bring up a segment. Okay, yes, please do. That's not how that works. <laughs> so have you ever been suit shopping? I was just... I wrote that down. How does she know every inch of his sizing? Like, like I, even man's, men's pants are hard. Like, you'd have to know their waist and their leg length. I've been, I've been suit shopping f- with my husband. Yeah. I have been married to my husband for 12 years. Mm-hmm. We've been together almost 15 years. Mm-hmm. I know the size and shape of this man's body. <laughs> But, I mean, not in a gratuitous, gross way, but no, just like yeah. I've, I've seen his human person <laughs> in my presence for almost 15 years. Right. So I've been suit shopping with mm-hmm. him, and I couldn't, like, you could give me five jackets off a rack, mm-hmm. and there's not a chance I would pick the right one. Right. Because it's like, it's not just the way, like, with women's clothes, I can tell him, hey, I'm this size. Mm-hmm. I use this as Generally what speaking, fits. yeah. But for him, there's like a, a length mm-hmm. of the coat and then there's like a, a width. To buy one suit for a wedding, it took us like two hours of him trying <laughs> yeah. this stuff. And he was there. Yeah. So Lorelai does all the shopping in two hours. Suddenly all these suits fit. She's never even been in Luke's apartment, so there's no way she's seen the inside of his clothing tags. Right. That's not how that works. Right. That's what I thought. Even the pants. Like I'm thinking and the very... How do you Even know what a size shirt. He is? How do you know what size he is? Like I know boyfriend size because he's pretty solidly the size he is. But, but it's, it's one thing like, if it was a t-shirt, but like for dress shirts, yeah. Like again, my husband has to get custom dress shirts because there's like a there's a, a, a neck, neck size, like, yeah, there's a neck size, and then yes. there's a, a shirt like it seems length, and then there's a sleeve length. Yeah, and, like that's not how that works. Yeah, I thought so this. this I thought I've never noticed it, but so this one I was like, how the heck is she getting clothes that fit him? Like it just even a belt. How would you know what size belt? It's and yeah. Again, this is proof that like that's not how that works. No, it's not. 
It's still delightful to watch, though. Oh, totally. 600,000% off. And she's like, I have thought about that when I've been out to the mall. It's any- girl math. It's original girl math. Any t- it is original girl math. And when I see... Um, like one, like an Annie Ann's or whatever, oh, yeah. or a Wetzel's yeah. pretzels. Yeah. I'm like, and I've had two sugar cinnamon pretzels, and I'm buzzed on the sugar and jazzed about the purchases. That is a vibe I fully understand. Of like, once you get hyped, like the chaos just oh, comes yeah. out of you. Yeah. Like, amen. And I actually think it's interesting, and I don't know if it's intentional, but I feel like Lorelai brings a specific energy to this whole episode mm-hmm. where she seems more cheery, and I wonder if that's intentional because Max is back in the picture. Yeah, she's super happy, and she's manic, and she's chaotic. Which I like, and, and I'm just, I just think it's a nice kind of subtle change of, like, she's very giddy and happy, and mm-hmm. everything's great because, yeah, she's back talking to Max. Yeah, and it way offsets Rory, who is, like, mm-hmm. the most maudlin mm-hmm. version of herself. Like, I love the scene when Lorelai wakes Rory up. Oh my gosh, Rory me too. Is so crabby. <laughs> Don't take this personally, but get out. Okay, you're crabby. I'm gonna be late for school. Okay, then just meet me in town around four and we'll get some Indian food and spoil our dinner. What do you say to that? Whatever. It is <laughs> perfectly delivered. Perfect. It's just great. It's like the perfect end to that scene because she's just not having it at all. So good. Um, so I'm going to transition into a what are you wearing? Okay. What are you wearing? Um, mostly from that scene. Rory has on the Paul Frank pajama shirt that mm-hmm. Lorelai was wearing in uh, the Lorelai's first day at Chilton. Yeah. Which I like, again, the clothes sharing. And then also, I love that outfit that Lorelai has on, especially the when she comes into Rory. She's got, it's an iris shirt that has like watercolor irises on it. The flowery one? Yes. Oh my gosh, I hate it. Do you? Yeah. I love it. And I love the little like pink pop of tank top or whatever underneath it. I don't know. I just, every time I watch it, I'm like, I just think that's so cool. Um, So I love Mrs. Kim and Dean. Who are you? Why are you called late? I, How uh, you know late? Well, you date her? No. You try to? No. Then why are you here? I Enter your pockets. Okay, I'm going to go now. She just <laughs> grills him because I'm like, yeah, Mrs. Kim, you yell at Dean. Just because we don't like Dean yeah, and also it's because good. it's so Mrs. Kim. Oh, my gosh, yes. And then when Lane Lane says, it's nothing personal. I know. I'm sure once she gets to know me, she'll. Oh, no, she'll hate you forever. It's just nothing personal. Yeah. It's perfect because it's like, <laughs> yes, that is absolutely the most true way you could talk about how Miss Kim feels about boys. Mm-hmm. It's not personal. She just has a blanket yes. dislike of boys. Love it. And the whole conversation with Lane and Dean is so uncomfortable. How is she? Good. Good. Good-ish. Oh. Less good than ish. Yeah? How much less? You know, we're breaking our agreement. What agreement? Our agreement not to talk about Rory. They can't talk about it with the person that they actually want to talk about right, it to. Right, exactly. Um, and it's awkward, too, the fact that they awkward. do have to be put in this position. I don't I don't often like Dean lines, but I do like the... Well, it was really unspoken because nobody spoke it. Okay, so what do you think about Lorelai approaching Dean? Oh, so overstep. Like, I get why she is upset. I get that she's mad and she wants to tell him off. But, like, he's at work. Yeah. I'm going to keep reminding people <laughs> that, like, yeah. I know This stuff always happens I, when people are, someone I, is at work. <laughs> I know that this is the market. So when you're at, at the market, like, that's the store for you. But, but Dean is at work. And so you came up to this 
I mean, I'm never going to call Dean a poor boy. Yeah. But, like, you came up to yep. a poor teenage boy yep. while he's doing his minimum wage job. <laughs> Stacking whatever and just cans tell him, or boxes of cookies. Like, and rip into him and tell him what a horrible human being he is yeah. when you actually don't have any information. Right. And so that's what gets really frustrating is I'm like, I understand that Lorelai is frustrated mm-hmm. and that she wants to know what's going on. But... She can't get that information from Dean mm-hmm. because, one, he's not going to tell her the whole story. Two, it's not his job to tell her the story. It's right. it's Rory's job to tell her the story. And so she has no information, and then she's like, you're scum. And he's like, thank you. Like, I'm with Dean. Like, this is not okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I necessarily think it's appropriate. And even later, she kind of, again, like— backhandedly admits it to Rory, like, I was in the mood to do some yelling. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but that's not who you yell at, Lorelai. And we, we see this with Lorelai a lot. When she's in that state of wanting to yell, it mm-hmm. comes out sometimes in very bad ways. Oh, my gosh. Um, but here's what I will say about this, and deep breath, everybody, is he's like... You know, I'm sick and tired of, of everyone blaming this thing on me. I mean, you and, and this whole stupid town looking at me like I'm a criminal. I say I love you, and she just sits there, and, and I'm, the, I'm the jerk. I'm the bad guy. You, you are, are, because it's not about, it's so frustrating, because it's not about the fact that, and even the conversation Lorelai and Rory have around it, it isn't about the fact that you said I love you and she said nothing. It's everything else. It's the fact that then you weaponized everything against her, and we don't know how or when or why, totally. but you broke up with her because of it. Also, it's okay that Rory just sat there. Let let her be think, feel how she wants to feel about saying I love you or not saying it. Yeah. Like, Lorelai pushes her like... I would hate to think that I raised a kid who couldn't say I love you. But it's like, that's not what we're saying. That's not even mm-hmm. what Rory's saying. Like, mm-hmm. And kind of Rory is. She doesn't know how she feels about it. But like, Rory's not saying I'm incapable. Mm-hmm. And Rory didn't even say that she didn't love Dean. What Rory said is... I need time to think about this, mm-hmm. and everyone else is freaking out about that. People are missing the point in that they broke up because Dean was unwilling to give her the time she mm-hmm. needed to process and think about the feelings in as someone who we know, and he, if he knew her at all, mm-hmm. was the kind of person that needs to process her feelings. Yeah. And it also feels, again, regardless of how it happened or what he said, it feels very reactionary, which, mm-hmm. yeah, 16-year-old, whatever, but it's like you've only been together three months, and you say I love you. And so it's not like there's been this building, because I'm thinking again, back my breakups, like it wasn't like one day I was like, well, you pissed me off. Now we're now we're done. It's very much like that's It's so reactionary. And yeah, when he's like, I'm the bad guy and I'm the jerk. And you're like, yes, Yes. you are actually Dean. And that's even more infuriating in that moment, because he could have redeemed it in a way to be like, I said, I love you. And I was really hurt and confused. And so we broke up. It's like, no, he just, he just Mm -hmm. doubles down and is like, oh, it's, I'm the victim here. And you're like, oh, shut up, Dean. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I want to do ASP rich people names. Yes. Hortense Van Uppity, tight bun, lace collar, tiny poodle, fictional friend. Yeah. Because there are two really, really good ones. Oh, I got one. Okay. So Navina Cutler. Oh my gosh, yes. Is I think about the Todd and Navina <laughs> Cutler story probably a disproportionate amount to the fact that it is completely irrelevant to my life. Oh, but so I just great. think about the Todd and Navina Cutler story. It's true. It's and, and here's the thing. I think she had a point in that in that story yes. though. I think that is a very real thing. Totally. Of I'm gonna be rejoicing about something while you're sad, that's hard to do for both people. Yeah, but yeah. it's one of those things like 
again, it, you don't have to, like, the point of that story is that Navina Cutler was being obnoxious about it. Oh, yeah. Not the fact that she found out that Navina Cutler was back with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. It was that Navina Cutler was so happy she was gloaty. But if Navina Cutler would have spent, would have said, hey, I'm back with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to be upset about it when I'm, like, talking to him. Then we would have a different story and exactly. it wouldn't be hurtful to, to Lorelai. And so the point of the story, like Lorelai misses her own point. So if Lorelai would have said, hey, I'm with Max, I want you to know mm-hmm. because I don't want you to find out about it. Because she knows that it's a problem that Max is her teacher. Mm-hmm. She's Like that was the whole point of the tension of their relationship right. anyway. And so he's in her world. Mm-hmm there's a good chance that she could find out because Max doesn't know that Lorelai is a child. Yeah. So it <laughs> right. doesn't talk about right. anything. And not only that, I think it's a great, I just thought of this, is the fact that the Todd and Avina Cutler story is from when she was 16 dealing with 16 year olds. Yes. And so like Lorelai's formative like life lessons came from teenagers. And yes. because she's still there, she's like, oh crap, the only way I could possibly go about this would be also to be gloaty and whatever. As opposed to, yeah, like you said, learning from it and going, okay, that felt bad. So how do I fix it so that it doesn't feel bad, but I can still at least tell my daughter that I'm talking to her teacher again? <laughs> yes. Amen. So then the other, because we're, we're inside ASP Rich People yes. Names, the other one is Pity Salinger. Yes, I wrote that one down. Pity? Pity? Sal- like, what is, is it short for something? I, probably maybe Patricia, yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Or um, I don't know what else still it would be Still though, for. yeah. Pity Salinger, but I like the line. Pity Salinger is a dipsomaniac. Like. <laughs> we should make a sticker or something. I, <laughs> You know what a dipsomaniac is? Yes. Alcoholic, yeah. But of course he would call her a dipsomaniac instead of calling and saying like, she's a lush. Yes, you have to say the most extreme version of that word. Yeah, I I love it. Love that. We hear more about the Cutler family later too. Like I think Peter Cutler, isn't he the one? Yeah, she threw up in the back of his car. Yes. So it's funny that like, Either that's just a name they pull from, or is there this lore of, like, the Cutler family? Oh, I love that she talks about air supply, just because I love air supply so much. Oh, my gosh, she does. I forgot. Mm -hmm. I was completely crushed, and I could do nothing except lie around and cry and listen to air supply. Very low point in my life. The Greatest Hits album, like, every word of every song, I could could drop of a hat. You could play it. (laughs) I could sing it. That's so great. But, yeah, I was trying to think of, like, what songs would she be listening to, and it would probably be, like, All Out of Love. My favorite song is Making Love Out of Nothing at All. Okay, I have a lot of pop culture references in this one. Okay. Just because I was in a mood, I guess, to look them up. So I'll just roll through them really quickly. When Luke is ranting, she calls him Emma Goldman. And even if you're only there for five. Okay, Emma Goldman, I'll tell you what. She's like such a BA. Okay. So she was an anarch. This is Wikipedia describes her as an anarchist revolutionary. Amen. And people called her a quote unquote rebel woman. And I'm like, can she be like our new mascot in life? So she was. <laughs> I, I can't even get into it because I'm very bad at distill. You're very good at this. I'm very bad at distilling information that I've read and making it make sense. Okay. So everybody, just Google Emma Goldman and read through the Wikipedia. Okay. It's wild. But she was. Um, it was in like the late 1800s, early 1900s. Okay. His rant about 
malls and capitalism mm-hmm. is very on brand for that. Um, okay, so Goofus and Gallant. I gotta say, I'm tired of Goofus and I'd like my Gallant back. So do you remember the magazine? I think it's still published, Highlights for mm-hmm. Kids? Totally. So my kids, my kids still get highlights sometimes. So Goofus and Gallant are in Highlights for Kids. Oh, that's cute. I was just watching a documentary about highlights, and it like they started as little elves or something. So Goofus is like the quote unquote bad one, and mm-hmm. Gallant is like the quote unquote good one. And mm-hmm. over the years, they like tell tales about don't be like Goofus, he does this, and be like more like Gallant, he does mm-hmm. this. So that's the Goofus and Gallant reference. Up with people is still a thing. Hey, does up with people know about you? Up with people is like a. Again, I'm so bad at this, but from what I can understand from the website, it's almost like a dance troupe that just like spreads positivity. So it's almost oh. like a flash mob kind of situation. Oh, that's very delightful. It is very delightful. Yeah. They like to spread positivity and good vibes, I guess. That's what people know about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And totally. then my favorite one is, okay, so when Lane says that she and Dean are studying spores, molds, and fungus, mm-hmm. that is a Ghostbusters reference. Yes, I knew that one. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay, because I didn't. I never knew that until mm-hmm. boyfriend and I watched Ghostbusters because I had never seen it, yeah. and he obviously had. And when he says, "I collect spores, molds, and fungus," I was like, "Oh my gosh, Gilmore Girls!" Yes, yes, I did know that one. That's like the only one that I knew. Um, okay, because I was traumatized by Ghostbusters when I was a kid, so I have. I could see that. Yeah, the bathtub scene terrified me. Terrified me. I don't and remember the bathtub scene. I've only seen it the once. It might have been Ghostbusters 2. I don't okay. remember which one, but like there's like the ghost slime starts coming out of the bathtub when she's like running a bath. Oh, and I yeah. was like little. And I was like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> it just made me horror. Yeah. It just terrified me to I know. I feel like the whole thing is, I feel like pretty much every 80s movie is pretty much It's fairly traumatic because yeah. they were like, my husband. Never Ending Story, Labyrinth, all those. Like, oh my gosh, I love the Labyrinth. Love it, love it, love it. I've never seen the Never Ending Story. Yeah. You'd like it. I probably would. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband had the bright idea one time of like, oh, have you seen Gremlins? And I was like, no. And he was like, oh my gosh, I think the kids would love it. <gasps> and then he bought it and played it for them. And like, not that long in, there's like a scene where the lady puts a gremlin in a blender. And <gasps> I was like, this is not a children's. My kids were like, my kids were like three and five or like four and six. They were like way too young to be watching. Yeah. And I was like, this is kind of scary. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I don't remember it being like this. I was like, yeah, that's because everything in the 80s everything was, like, was like a mess and inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And we just were used to it. Yep. But like my kids are not used to this. Yeah. Like, this is not a children's movie. What are you yeah. doing? like, oops. Yeah. These were well. So we like turned it off and I was like maybe we'll just not watch this for mm-hmm. until they're older so we have missed like a whole bucket of stuff that I want to talk about um which <laughs> open is, up the bucket uh, which is let's peer into the bucket of the Gilmore house I okay. love 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 that the Gilmore's is a safe place for Rory oh the elder Gilmore house yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I do too actually that yeah. she has a safe place to mm-hmm. for Rory to go um as hard as that house is for Lorelai like, Rory has found solace there, mm-hmm. and she knows that she's safe there because her grandparents care about her. Mm-hmm. And I even wrote, I would hate to have Emily as a mom, but mm-hmm. I would love to have Emily and Richard as grandparents. Espe- I like, mean, I agree, but there are elements that come later that— Oh, but, totally. There's stuff yeah. about it that's hard because they're they're messy, messy people. Yeah. But I, but yes, I think they oh are better. Gosh. They they're better with like that one generation removed. And they love her so much. <laughs> yeah. And even like I love how Emily handles the situation. Like she calls Lorelai right to what right away, and she's still very Emily about it. Like you should give her space, blah blah, blah and mm-hmm. like just kind of keeping Lorelai out of it, which I don't love. But and even kind of gloating about it. I don't. Oh, totally. I really don't like that either. I, I don't like how she treats. Lorelai in this situation, but I love how mm-hmm. she handles the situation with Rory. Mm-hmm. And Richard is hysterical oh my the gosh, whole time. Yes. Like, Richard, say something encouraging. Uh, uh, Rory, 
Um, I'm sorry you're upset, uh, but I applaud your timing. <laughs> I I wrote that down too. Classic. That. Classic. Like, R- Richard has no interest in whatever's happening. He's like already mad about the event, and then now he gets to get out of it, and he loves Which it Which is so funny much. because I thought about that in this this watch. I was like, they could still go. She's 16. It's not like she's a child who needs to be alone. I know. But, like, so maybe they did still go, I, or they're late now and they can't go. I don't or know. Or maybe it's just like, now we have an excuse. But I do, yeah. um, I do love Emily's face when she says, She had a fight with Lorelai, and she came here. There is this, like, redeeming feeling I think she's experiencing of, like, mm-hmm. there is some goodness in this family to be had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's, like, really proud that she made this space and she, like, set up a bedroom for her. And she is, like, making strides with her granddaughter mm-hmm. in a way that, like, now actually Rory is responding to. And yeah. I just like that. I just really like that. I think that's scene. part of why I like this episode so much because, it, it, to me, I don't know, it's just fun. A lot, even though they are, they're fighting, there's a lot of fun and mm-hmm. funny banter stuff going on. But also... I like the idea of being able to like, and this this is sounds is going to sound weird and like something about my upbringing, but I think it's I didn't have much family, so I think it's cool Same. to be able to have like a grandparent's house who you could go to and like even not even under traumatic circumstances, but just be like, hey, I'm going to go over to your house and spend the night. Like mm-hmm. I see that with boyfriend's mom and his nieces and nephews, like they go over there and sleep over, and I just I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like. So I think, yeah, there's something very warm and cozy and comforting about that idea mm-hmm. um, that I didn't have. So I like that in this episode. When she wakes up in the morning, I looked at kind of just what she woke up to and I was like, oh, that's the dream. Like as a mom who's like, I'm every morning I wake up to like people that need me and like, oh yeah, like breakfast having breakfast and, like, being it's made. Chaotic <laughs> and I still have to get out the door and get to work and blah, 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 just to wake up and have be like, there's this beautiful table mm-hmm. and there's people that are just happy to have you present and don't need anything <laughs> from you. And then you just get to order whatever you want for breakfast. And they're and pressing your skirt. I was like, oh, that sounds so nice. <laughs> I would love that. You need millions of dollars to do that. Um, yeah, I do. I love the conversation between Rory and Richard at the breakfast table. Take her up on that. It is good. And demand a slice of strudel. And then yes. like, perhaps if you were insuring the frog. Like, I just like that. I'm always going to think that they're cute together. Oh, absolutely. Emily even says it. Like, he put his mm-hmm. newspaper down. It's like, she can interact with Richard in a way that, like, Lorelai never could, mm-hmm. which is sad, but is cute for Rory. Okay, I had a coffee count of four. Okay, I believe you, because I, yep. I stopped, because I forget yep. all the time. At Luke's, Lane gives her some, Lorelai with Max, and then at Luke's mm-hmm. again. I think it's weird that... Max is like... Well, yes, but somehow for me it managed to come up naturally within two days at three different times. I don't think that's as weird as it is like him getting mad at Lorelai for not telling everybody that they're talking again. They've only been talking for well, two that's weeks. What, yeah, that whole thing is weird. And then all of a sudden, yeah, for him to be like, oh, I was telling all these people. And I'm like, first of all, who are you telling? Like, because you dated for a very short amount of time. Is it people at work who were like, oh, yeah, remember how you kissed her on parents' day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, is are those the or people you're telling? Or or whatever. And I, I wrote, chill down, Max. Like, it's only been two weeks. And... She should be allowed to tell her own story Mm -hmm. and what's happening in her life, especially with a relationship that is so up in the air. Yes. They have not been able to figure this out for the entire course of this season. Right. Which is probably about a year. She should be allowed to tell whoever she wants Mm -hmm. on whatever time frame she wants. Mm -hmm. Like, Well, and I think he's... Not asking the question he wants to ask, which mm-hmm. is, is which he kind of does maybe, but it's like, is there a reason you're not telling people? So it's not about, again, it's not about the telling people. It's about, are you having a hard time with 
being intimate. Are you hesitant about commitment? Like, ask the question that you want to ask. Yes. As a, knowing her history of doing the getaway dance, et cetera, mm-hmm. with him. Like, have that conversation. Don't make it about... Why haven't you told anybody? What's the number of people that you've told? Like that's insane. It isn't. That's I'm like mm, Max. You're not. You're off base there. And I hate her re- reaction to it. I think the phone book bit is so annoying. <laughs> now I'm starting with the A's. So first up is Richie Andrews. He's either a second cousin on my mother's side or the guy who regretted the bathroom. Either way, I think he's going to be thrilled to hear about us. Do you know how <laughs> mad I would be if someone that I didn't really talk to that often yeah. and couldn't give two craps about right. called me and was like, I'm in a two-week relationship well, with somebody. Well, even when she says the first name is Richie, who's she, either someone who did our whatever or a third cousin, and you're just like, and then she actually calls. Again, it's a bit for the show where it's kind of funny, but I mean. you're like, it's so annoying. that guy's like, who are you? This is where Lorelai's, You're not getting married. Lorelai's yeah. bits that are supposed to be endearing Kind of like a, we've talked about the mm-hmm. movie theater behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is annoying. Yeah. It's not endearing. It's yeah. obnoxious. Yeah. A little fun fact. Okay. When when Rory says, I like Spanish, uh-huh. did you know Alexis Bledel's first language was Spanish? Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. I think that's about all I have. I've got some grab baggy stuff. Okay. Pretty hot grab bag. So that guy who needs ketchup, can we just call him Joe? We know it's yes, Joe. Yes, I thought if the we same know it's thing. Joe, you should know it's Joe. I thought the same thing. Except Luke doesn't eat pizza, so he might no, not know Joe it's Joe. No, but Joe would be around. Yeah, Joe is the pizza delivery guy. Yeah. Um, Stars Hollow has cabs? I mean, I guess. Or she took a bus to Hartford and then took a cab from the bus stop? I doubt it. But no. she, because she comes directly from the bus stop later to Emily's in a, in a few episodes. Yeah, so, yeah, I think she, she must... took a cab. She got in a cab. I mean, you can call a cab from anywhere, even in a small town. Like, there's always some kind of thing. It's just probably really expensive. I like the camera bag. It's such a good present. It's a very good, like, yeah, it's a book, good present and it, it's a cool bag. That book in the bag yeah. is a perfect present for Rachel. But again, you almost feel like, wouldn't Rachel know that yes. Luke didn't really do she that? She absolutely would know. Who bought this for me? Oh, the line. I will never be able to explain that to your satisfaction. So I'm um. just talking to Miss Kim. I love that line because it's so true because of how just how the things she's saying. And mm-hmm. then, like, the, you know, the way Mrs. Kim reacted. I do love the well, don't ha me. You don't know where Lane is either. <laughs> totally. Like Lorelai is fire. Normally, she's very like calm and kind yeah. to Mrs. Kim, but she's not having any of it this time because she's freaking out. Um, I love... You can key Taylor's car and tell him Dean did it. Yeah, that'd be good. You can key Taylor's car, tell him Dean did it, and also tell him that Dean littered and walks his dog without a leash. He'll run him out of town. Good. So I good. love all of the ways that they um, oh, are trying to villainize Dean against Taylor, mm-hmm. and it's just... It's, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. The Taylor Hansen conversation is classic. Oh my gosh. It's so good. That's yes. another reason, one of the reasons I love this episode. Like, the bits You're in dating it, Taylor Hansen. So good. And Rory cannot focus on what Lorelai is saying. She just is like, Why, where did I meet him? Why wouldn't you stop me from going to that <laughs> concert? Like, can we change this? Are they still together? <laughs> so good. Oh, my gosh. Everything about the dating Taylor Hansen story. I love that one. Oh, gosh. Okay, okay I know we're running long, but I have a note. And maybe mm-hmm. I just want to kind of maybe get into the tip of the iceberg about this. Okay. I have noticed, obviously, watching this for a long time. Like, I love you on this show is a thing right now with Rory and Dean, and it is a thing, but it's more of the thing of her not being able to say Mm -hmm. it. It is not really said a lot on the show between couples who are dating. Almost like glaringly, obviously so Mm -hmm. later to me, where I've always been like, were the writers trying to avoid sappy 
cliche stuff or it feel like it starts to feel obvious where you're mm-hmm. kind of like well, you guys are together and later. we don't see it there's even a line later it's like well i need to hear it more often yes and that's what i was thinking and i'm like that's because we've never heard it i mean part of it i think is because they don't show a lot of the like intimate moments a lot of them are just implied when yeah. that would have been what how like how they're talking to each other mm-hmm. um but also because we're dealing with people that are emotionally immature right and so I but mean, it's it just interesting that this is like the fr- when it first kind of comes up and then it's like yeah it pretty much the whole show mm-hmm. the whole run of the show is p.s i love Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an afterthought and it's not finished. Lorelai says, I actually ran out of gas going to and from Hartford. Yep. Can we remember that? I'm just going to put a yep, pin in that. Just put a pin in that we one. To I thought that the same statement. thing. Oh, the line. Just making an observation. Great. We'll build a dome over you and jam a telescope in your head. Which, again, let's remember right now for the next episode that in this episode, Paris, Louise, and Madeline seem snotty and not into Rory. Mm-hmm. Like, because of the whole, like, snafu with Paris going out with Tristan. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just keep that in our minds for the next episode. Yeah, they're being snotty. Oh, my gosh. I love when Michelle throws the phone at Lorelai when he finds out his personal. <laughs> he just dumps it. And Max is like, hello? Hello? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So good. But, yes, I think we've done too much damage. I think we've over-talked and over-discussed Yes. Enough. So thank you again, Pop-Tarts, for joining us uh, this week for Season 1, Episode 20, PSI Law. We're just going to keep saying it because it's the most awkward thing to say ever. Um, join us next week when we talk about Season 1, Episode 21, mm-hmm. which is the season finale. Woo! We did it. Love Daisies and Troubadours. Um, as always, you can rate, review, subscribe, follow, do all the things that you do on social media. Um, we are at Gilmore Pod on Instagram. You can email us at gilmordpodcast at gmail.com. We will leave you this week with the wise words of Mrs. Kim. Boys, Boys don't, don't like funny, funny girls. girls.